You're listening to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, a podcast about life through the lens of music. B-Sides. Random thoughts, musings, and outtakes from the creative minds that bring you two tape decks and a mixing board. So you ready to Pretty tell cool. your you ready to tell your Motley Crew story, Rebecca? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Um, <clears throat> you guys ready? Yeah, yeah. Well, so so, so why Motley Crew? Like, what's your connection to Motley Crew? <laughs> so, um, when growing up, when I was young in Alabama, I was just very insecure and awkward, as you are in those early formative years. Going into teenage years, um, so my connection with Motley Crue was that I loved Motley Crue. I don't even know how I came across them as a kid in Alabama, but that's awesome. I loved them, and um, you know, it was one of those bands that really influenced me and, and helped me power through what was a very awkward stage of insecurity. And I really loved it because. Um, it, nobody else I knew was listening to Motley Crue. So I felt like a, re, a rebellious teenager. I felt yeah. like a rebel. I felt like I was the only one into this band and that made me <laughs> kind of cool and nobody understood it. And that was okay. It made me even more cool that way. So sure. I would um, pick up the magazines and um, read about them. And it was always horrible stories, but that was okay. I fell in love with Nikki six and my funny story about this was, you know, I was really convinced that if, if Nikki Six could just meet me, forget that I was a teenager, <laughs> if he could just meet me, he would fall in love with me and that would be it and we'd be married and live happily ever after. And so <laughs> what I would do is just be really miserable in my life and close my room. It was my mom called these like the the strange, scary years because I went into this this mode of hard rock. And so I had Judas Priest posters on the wall. I had Motley Crue posters on the wall with the pentagram and, yeah, you know, all of that. And I would lock myself in the room and listen to that music over and over again and um, just dream of running away and finding my way to Los Angeles where I could, you know, find Nikki Six and meet him. And what I would do is I would get out the road atlas and I would sit down on the bed with it and I would map my runaway strategy. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> so I would, uh, I would sit on the bed and try to figure out how to get from the back roads of Alabama to Los Angeles, where I was convinced I could meet Nikki six. But the problem was I didn't really understand how road atlas worked. So <laughs> I didn't know about interstates. So I would find like, okay, this road from my house to this road, take a left to that road, another little road oh. to the right, another little highway back to streets again. I never knew oh how to get on the interstate. God. Go. God damn. So, so within about 30 minutes, every time I would just get exhausted and I would just think there's no way out of here. I can't get out of here. So I had no idea, but the fun part was, you know, I, a few years ago when they were on tour again in their last tour, um, their farewell tour, I got to meet them and, um, oh, I was, it was really sweet. And I actually got to say what everybody wants to say to the iconic band that influences them or makes a difference in their life. And I got to actually talk to Nikki six <laughs> That's and, amazing. <laughs> and have a conversation with him and tell him like, 
and Vince Neil. It was both of them. And I just told him, you know, too fast for love, you know, changed my life. And it really, really helped me power through a really awkward and hard stage in my life when I was young and how much I love that album. And I still listen to it, even though they've had all this amazing music since then. Um, They, you know, Nikki Six was like fantastic, just an amazing person. So happy to hear it. So engaging, really interested. And what was cool about that concert was um, during the concert, they actually played some of the music from Too Fast for Love. And that's amazing. There were two women that I was standing with who had been following them up the East Coast, and they had been to four previous concerts um, going down to Atlanta, which is where this one happened. And they were really surprised because they said in the in all the past concerts, they had never played any of the music from Too Fast for Love. So that's incredible. So, I so, like to think. Huh? So, so you think they played it for you? I would like to think that it made them happy to hear that there were or there were people who still connected with that music. Yeah. Um, I like to think, you know, they were really surprised to hear it because I'm sure they're used to younger demographics or other demographics who maybe talked about, you know, doctors, Dr. Feelgood. I'm sure they were used to hearing fans talk about music that was much later in their career, which is what they were more known for. And I think it probably was really nice for them to hear that somebody's still connected with their earlier music. So I like to think that maybe that influenced them to shake up their song list a little bit for the that concert. But like I said, the the women I was with said they were really surprised to see them play some of those songs from that album. So that was my Motley Crue story. It's really, you know, it's a really unique story and being able to just tell them what they meant to me. Well, that's an awesome story. Let me ask, how did you get backstage? I paid for the experience to go back there. Ooh, okay, I splurged sweet. big time. Sweet. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, that, yeah. was a, that was an experience, right? That was like, like you, like, I, I want to say, well, you can't buy that. Well, actually you can. That's the point. <laughs> and it was totally worth it. You got to spend time with like one of your heroes and, and, but also, you know, talk about why a piece of art was so incredible and uh, in, in, influential for you. That's, that's a really cool moment. Well, you know, they always say don't meet your heroes because you might be disappointed. I'm afraid that if I met some of my heroes, they'd flick me the bird or say something really ignorant. So that's actually nice that you met the guys, which let's be honest, rock stars are not always known for their uh, Jezakwa. I don't think that's the right word, but you know what I'm saying? Their politeness, you know what I'm saying? Like if you meet, if you meet Keith Richards or Liam Gallagher or... God forbid you meet Marilyn Manson. I don't know what would happen. You know what I'm saying? You may you may get you may get like turned off to their music forever after that. <laughs> that is true. And that's why I said I was so surprised and delighted that Nikki Six, who I just loved my whole life, was actually that warm and friendly and accepting and engaging and just so happy to meet you and hear what you had to say. I was really impressed by that. 